This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. It's the final weekend of the regular season. Capitals beginning a two-game set for the Flyers, and the Islanders are faltering. The Pens and Bruins are surging, and the Caps, they're still in the fight. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, May 7th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. With the Pittsburgh Penguins winning over Buffalo last night, the Capitals beginning the day two points back of first place, but with games in hand and a critical two-game set with the Philadelphia Flyers getting started tonight at Capital One Arena. And Ben, if there is such a thing as an important morning skate, this might be it this morning. Just for attendance purposes, who's going to be available for the Capitals in their pursuit of an East Division title with three games to go. Is Alex Ovechkin going to return? Seems unlikely with a prospect of two games in as many days. What about Tom Wilson? He left the game Wednesday and didn't return. How about Justin Schultz? He was in and out of the lineup lately and missed Wednesday's game in New York. Daniel Sprong was sick Wednesday. He would seemingly be the most likely to come back. And then, of course, there's Evgeny Kuznetsov and Elias Samsonov. Ben, that's a truckload right there, and we're going to be watching for all of it this morning. A lot of question marks here going into the final weekend and the, the real stretch run here of the regular season. Hopefully, for the Capitals' sake, at the very least, could we keep our expectations modest for attendance? Can they hopefully have 12 healthy forwards for this weekend series against the Philadelphia Flyers? Let's maybe start with that. And hopefully, to your point, you know, Sprong feeling under the weather the other night. Hopefully, that's all it was. And, and he's good to go if needed. And be interested to see with Tom Wilson as well after he have to leave the game. And you can go down the list here. Ovechkin as well. I agree with you. I, I don't see him coming back for back-to-back games without even the benefit of a full practice here over the past few days. So a lot to monitor, including as well, John, in addition to all the health there. You, you mentioned Samsonov, but who's going to be the starting goalie for the Capitals here in the front end of back-to-backs? Do you continue to ride Vitek Vanacek? Does Craig Anderson get one of these two starts? Is Anderson someone you have to keep in mind as well? For postseason time, is he someone you want to give a game here this weekend just to make sure he's fresh and does get a game under his belt at the end of the regular season? But at the same time, it's a whole lot at stake here as far as the Capitals are concerned and where they are in the East Division. If finishing atop the division is of importance, Anderson, it's been a while since he last saw game action. So a few balls to juggle there. And wouldn't it be something if Craig Anderson ended up playing one of these final three games, a guy who's barely played this season in such a critical stretch for this team. Roster questions are plenty for the final weekend of this regular season. The Capitals still need a couple of regulation wins to nail down first place and home ice in the East Division. That is not even assured yet, Ben. Still a lot in play here as the Caps hit the ice tonight. And whether it's Anderson or or some of the other players we're talking about who are out of the lineup now and and trying to get them back in, it's interesting because this 56-game season, this season unlike any other, and with the addition of the taxi squad this year, we talk about the importance of depth this year, and we thought much of this would be maybe earlier in the season COVID-related. You have to have so many extra bodies. And here we are, the stretch run, dealing uh, you know with a lot of different issues are the Capitals' injuries and otherwise, and the depth uh, certainly coming up valuable. And yes, a whole lot at stake here for the Capitals, not, not to oversimplify, but we will anyways. Three games left, you win two of them in regulation, you finish atop the divisions. You still control your own destiny, even though they do enter tonight's matchup 
two points behind Pittsburgh, albeit with games in hand. Yeah, a lot coming up on the out-of-town scoreboard from last night. We'll get to that in a little bit. One last look now back to Wednesday and about that cross-check to the face that Anthony Mantha took from Pavel Butsnevich on Wednesday night. Busnevich yesterday getting a one-game suspension for it, a blatant cheap shot when Mantha wanted to drop the gloves with him. We said it at the time he did it. Ken Sabarin was adamant about it, and I agreed with him. Pavel was trying to pull the shoot. He wanted nothing to do with any fighting going on in this game, even though most of his teammates seemed to. And when he was confronted with one, he cheap-shotted his way out of it by putting a stick to Anthony's face. Some seriously weak sauce. Usnevich is a good player, Ben, but that was weak. And the punishment, I believe, should have been more than a game. We'll take it, whatever. We're going to move on here. Usnevich didn't play in the game last night. The Rangers lost to Boston. We'll get to it. But there was a lot of intent there, and I thought that was dirty stuff. Yeah, and and you know what? It surprised me, actually, based on how he handled that situation. I looked it up, and he has a track record. He's fought. He's he's fought earlier this year. He's fought over the years. You know, going back to his time in previous stops in the NHL. He has a track record. Not 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 a real enforcer, but he he's been there. He's done that and could seemingly fend for himself. And the way that was handled looked a little unusual. And and the way he you know applied that stick to the face of Anthony Mantha, it, it, it's not a good look as well for an organization in the Rangers who didn't have the best of weeks as far as. PR and how they portrayed themselves over the past few nights themselves. But for the team to have come out with the statement earlier in the week and talking about violent acts and and vicious acts and and pointing the finger at the Capitals for then one of their own to have done, you know, an act like that with the stick to the face, which is always frowned. I mean, there's no, there's no debate on that. That's a black and white situation. The stick goes to the face of an opponent in, in, in that manner. That's a suspendable offense. So he got his game and there's a lot going on with the New York Rangers over the past 24, 48, 72 hours and frustrations boiling over there. That one instance there from Buchnevich certainly could have been handled better. They need a number of crisis management teams to manage all of the garbage that they put out this week. It was unbelievable. But the Capitals are done with them this year, and we'll catch up with them in the fall as they head to the golf course. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. They're going to start Brian Elliott in goal tonight. In fact, They've already announced Alex Lyon is going to start tomorrow's game at Capital One Arena. So if you are planning your weekend on who is starting in goal for the Flyers, we've got you covered. Of the East Division teams that didn't make the playoffs, Ben, just about everyone thought that the Devils and Sabres were going to finish in the seven and eight spots. They will. Almost everyone thought the Rangers would challenge for a spot, but they probably miss and they're done. The question from opening night was which of the other five was going to be the team that misses. And we now know that answer is Philadelphia. The Flyers playing out the string in D.C. this weekend. It was a lost season for them. And boy, do they have a lot of questions as they head into the offseason next week. Yeah, I was among those. Not only did I have Philadelphia in the top four when we talked preseason picks, I had them right at the top competing for top spot in the division. Not as if they were going to be a team that snuck into the Stanley Cup playoffs. A very rough season in Philadelphia, especially based on some of the preseason expectations and a team which just the second half of the year, second half and change. I think entering play tonight, they've lost 23 of their last 35 games and they're allowing almost four goals against 
over that 35 game stretch. And that's among the issues with Philadelphia. They have several issues, but really if you're going to key on, on, on one or two areas that are real red flags for Philadelphia, they're played defensively and, and the goaltending Carter Hart having been shut down for the season a couple of weeks ago, but when he was in there, when he was healthy, he battled inconsistency for much of the year. The numbers took a significant dip. I know he's still young, only 22 years of age. They have very high expectations for him to be the undisputed number one in Philadelphia. That time was really supposed to have come already. He showed himself well last year, didn't follow it up this season, and that had quite a bit to do with Philadelphia's woes. And then at the same time, didn't have a whole lot of defensive support in front of him. There were plenty of holes on that blue line, plenty of inconsistency. They missed Matt Niskanen. I think they were caught by surprise in the offseason when he retired. So for a lot of reasons, Philadelphia struggled defensively, and that was really among the, the biggest factors and why here they are when the dust settles final weekend of the season. They find themselves uh, well out of uh, playoff contention, having been eliminated here for a couple of weeks. Some good news on this Friday for Michael Kempney. The Capitals announcing yesterday he's been assigned to Hershey on a conditioning assignment, a chance for him to return to game action. The Bears have four games left in the regular season. They play tonight on the road against the Devils, home tomorrow against Lehigh Valley, and then home games next weekend against Binghamton and Wilkes-Barre Scranton. That is four chances, Ben, for Michael to play some games and start the road back after surgery for an Achilles injury that happened back in October. And the fact that he's able to get in these games, uh, as you mentioned, four games remaining for Hershey, what a benefit for him if he's ultimately needed or called upon come postseason time rather than just being thrown into the fire and having to play a, a playoff game without having played any competition. It would have been in, in almost a year for Michael Kempney. So good for him that he does get these AHL games and get some game competition and, and hopefully continues to, to progress. But a great story, a great comeback story here for Michael Kempney. Unfortunate that he had to undergo the surgery in the offseason and had to miss all of this regular season at the NHL level. But at least he's on schedule as far as when he got back on the ice a few weeks ago and he's been rehabbing, et cetera. So an encouraging sign as far as his comeback is concerned. And in fact, the Capitals were even able to unload Jonas Siegenthaler a few weeks ago at the trade deadline, helped create some salary cap space, helped make that Anthony Mantha acquisition possible. You made that move in hopes that if needed, Michael Kempney would be able to help solidify and round out that depth. And hey, you have a key cog from that 2018 Stanley Cup winning team as a depth option if needed, if injuries strike come postseason time. It's great to see, and hopefully the wheels are there with uh, with Michael Kempney, one of his strengths, that ability to scoot and get up the ice. Hopefully when he comes back, he is uh, he's good, and we'll be interested to see how he gets going now with uh, the conditioning stint. Yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on how he does here over the next couple of weekends, but good to see him back and getting into game action. All right, so around the Mass Mutual East Division last night, the upset of the night happened on Long Island, where the Islanders almost never lose, except last night they did, and they did it to the New Jersey Devils. Islanders almost assuredly now going to be the fourth seed in the East. They lose 2-1 to New Jersey. Pavel Zaka scoring his 16th goal of the season. Michael McLeod scored the game-winning goal late in the second period. That made a winner of Mackenzie Blackwood. Simeon Varlamov takes the loss. The Islanders now are 0-2-1 in their last three. They are all but mathematically assured of fourth place. If the Bruins beat the Rangers Saturday afternoon, Islanders locked into fourth place. The Isles are not going well right now. No, I think the Capitals broke the Islanders a few weeks ago, beginning with that three-game sweep the Capitals had over New York. Islanders, since that stretch, 
have lost six of their last eight. They've now lost three in a row, six of eight, dating back to that series against the Capitals. Hard to imagine now when that series began against the Caps, the teams were tied for top spot in the East Division. And here they are, as you noted, all but mathematically assured of fourth place in the division. So not going well for the Islanders. Some offensive struggles as well. Some lineup questions as well. Some healthy scratches that Barry Trotz has made, whether it's a Travis Zajac acquired at the deadline or more recently, Matt Barzell sitting out as a healthy scratch. So some tightening of collars on Long Island. Uh, they're assured of postseason berth, but looks like they'll be uh, assured of fourth place in, in this East Division. Yeah, they'll start scoring some goals. It's going to be a short stay for them, regardless of who they play, if it's Pittsburgh, Washington, or Boston, and that all remains to be seen. Speaking of the Penguins, they regained sole possession of first place in the East last night with an 8-4 to win over Buffalo. It was a career night for Jeff Carter. He scored four goals, his 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th of the season. It's his first career four-goal game since he entered the league in 2005. Sidney Crosby picked up his 24th. Michael Hauser got roughed up in the Buffalo net. After back-to-back wins over the New York Islanders, Drake Kajula scoring two goals in a losing effort for Buffalo. Ben, that is now 15 goals in the last two games for the Penguins. They're running out of racetrack. They only got one game left is why the Capitals still control their own fate, but they're also playing pretty well right now. A well-oiled machine and that Jeff Carter acquisition at the trade deadline. Boy, is that paying off for Pittsburgh. It's interesting. We talk about the Islanders, some of their trade deadline pickups not necessarily fitting in, working out very well. We look at Boston, you look at Pittsburgh, the moves that they made, they're paying off in a big way. And Jeff Carter, an example of that. So Pittsburgh uh, getting healthy as well, at least up front, as far as their forwards are concerned. They're finding the back of the net with regularity. A get-well game here on the stat sheet, not that they needed it against Buffalo. Wrapping it up, one more game against the Sabres for the season finale for the Penguins over the weekend. And following an emotional couple of days, their president fired, their GM let go. They lost two games to the Capitals. Pavel Butznevich got suspended. The New York Rangers went on the road last night and got roughed up by the Boston Bruins. In fact, they were shut out four to nothing. Patrice Bergeron got his 22nd. Brandon Carlo back for the Bees. He got his third goal of the season. Charlie McAvoy, number five. Jake DeBrusque, also number five. The Bruins using that game in hand wisely. Now just two points back of Washington for second in the East. Four points behind the Penguins for the top spot. Tonight, the Flyers and the Capitals are the only teams in the East playing. All eight teams, however, will play again tomorrow in what promises to begin to give us a lot of clarity on the order of finish. The Pens going to end their regular season Saturday at home against Buffalo. The Rangers will be done after they play Boston in the afternoon, and the Devils will again be on Long Island. So by the time that we talk next on this show, Ben, we will probably know more or less what this division is going to look like. The Caps will still have Boston, but otherwise that's pretty much it. Everybody else is going to be in the clubhouse, and I think we're going to have a pretty good feel. The game against the Bruins on Tuesday may very well matter a lot, but everything else we're going to know, and I think that clarity is going to start to come tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It could be a playoff. We could know on Tuesday. Capitals Bruins could be assured of being a playoff preview could be a matter of deciding who gets home ice advantage in that series or conversely maybe one or both of the Capitals or Bruins will be fighting to finish atop the division on Tuesday night a whole lot to figure out between now and then but it'll be an interesting couple of days here over the weekend see how it plays out particularly tomorrow with that busy itinerary and look forward to catching up and recapping it all when we do this again on Monday.
So the standings on this Friday morning before we leave you here, the Penguins at 75 points in first place, one game to play. Washington 73, and the Capitals still have three to go starting tonight with the Flyers. Boston also with three to go at 71. The Islanders, they have but 68. Caps Flyers at seven. Caps game day begins here on Caps Radio 24-7 at four. Puck drop tonight is at seven o'clock. Ben, have yourself a great weekend. Happy Friday. See you at the rink, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.